0: reading Mark 5, starting at verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. and had spent all she had yet instead of getting better she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought if I just touch his clothes I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized the power had gone out from him. He turned round in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, Your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they had said, Jesus told them, don't be afraid. Just believe. He did not. Excuse me. and went in where the child was he took her by the hand and said to her talitha kum which means little girl i say to you get up immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around she was 12 years old at this they were strictly sorry they were completely astonished he gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat this is god's word
1: Thank you very much. Good morning, everybody. My name is Sam Stevenson. I'm the, I'm the student minister here. And uh, it's my privilege to open up this passage to us. Um, as we thought about earlier, uh, Jesus, the light shining into the dark things of our world. So why don't we pray and ask for God's help as we come to this passage. Our Father, your son Jesus knows the reality of the pain and the suffering of this world. And Father, thank you that as he walked among us, he drove it out, but he was also committed to helping those who came to him to trust him. And Father, that is our prayer this morning as we come to this passage, that you would help us to trust you as we walk through pain and suffering in this life. We ask it in his name. Amen. I'm not sure whether you've ever been to a um, a Filipino wedding. We had the pleasure of going to a Filipino wedding um, earlier this year. Um, There are many wonderful things about about Filipino weddings. Um, There's the choreographed first dance, always a a wonderful thing. There's the um, the father and daughter dance to the song My Girl. In fact, just the dancing generally is pretty pretty great at Filipino weddings. But um, In fact, one of our favorite moments came a bit earlier in the afternoon. We were giving a lift to one of the bridesmaids. And we're making small talk as you do, you know, what's your name? Whereabouts do you live? And and she asked what for her was the obvious next question, what's your karaoke song? (laughs) And um, we were a little thrown. We didn't we didn't have an answer ready to go. Um, So I went home and did some thinking. So I'm ready for next time. And um, and on reflection, I think I'd probably have a, a, a stab at that karaoke classic, Don't Stop Believing. By, um, by Journey, don't ask me to do it later I'd probably butcher it but uh, I, I reckon that'd be a good one for a karaoke song Don't Stop Believing um, what a tune and, 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 and not also, also not a bad motto for the Christian life for the Christian life Don't, don't Stop Believing you know, it's a multifunctional song um, come to Jesus put your faith in him don't stop believing um, trouble is though it's not always as easy as that It's not always as easy as that. In our story today, Jairus, having come to Jesus, gets the news his daughter has died and Jesus says to him, don't be afraid, just believe. Don't stop believing. And we want to shout back, but it's not as easy as that, Jesus. Don't you know, Jesus? How can I keep believing when you've just allowed my daughter to die? How can I keep believing when I trusted you to heal her and you failed? How can I keep believing when you stopped along the way and now she's dead? And I reckon for every one of us in the room, there's a high chance that there'll be some point in our Christian lives when we'll be tempted to chuck in the towel. When we lose our job or when we lose our health. Or when we lose a loved one. And we're tempted to say, I've had enough, Jesus. I trusted you. But you've allowed this to happen to me. Why? The passage before us is a funny one. In the, on, on, on one level, it's about the extraordinary power and authority of Jesus. The mighty hero who we saw last week dealing, dealing gently with with two women. A desperate woman is, is healed just by touching him, and, and a dead girl is brought back to life as Jesus takes her by the hand. And we see Jesus has power even over death himself. So on, on, on one level it's about that, but but Mark frames the story in a different way. He frames it as Jesus leading Jairus on a journey, leading him, if you like, into into deeper faith. In our story today, Jairus gets the news his daughter has died. And and Jesus invites him to trust him. He wants to lead Jairus into deeper faith. And Jesus really cares about our faith. He really cares about Jairus' faith. He really wants us to have genuine, deep, lasting faith. Of the sort that trusts him, come what may. Now look back with me at verse 21. The story begins in verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered round him while he was by the lake. And one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, and he pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. And Jesus went with him. Jesus comes, sorry, Jairus comes to Jesus in in desperate need. He he trusts Jesus for healing. But the story could have been way shorter. Jairus comes, Jesus heals, everyone goes home happy. But instead, Jesus leads Jairus on a journey. He wants to lead him into deeper faith in him. And he wants to do the same with us this morning. He wants us to have a robust faith that's willing to stick with Jesus no matter what. Because as we'll see, faith... Faith is the thing that makes all the difference in the world. So as the story goes on, we encounter a a, a woman who who demonstrates faith. We see a test to strengthen faith and a miracle to vindicate faith. So we'll work through it like that. First thing then, a woman who demonstrates faith. Faith. Verse 24, Jesus goes with Jairus and a large crowd followed and pressed round him. And a woman was there who'd been subject to bleeding for 12 years. 12 years. She'd suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Now this is a desperate situation. right? This is before the days of period products. And so so presumably this is a woman who's who's got used to the embarrassment of stained clothing. Presumably she spends a lot of her time dealing with dirty linen. Presumably she's tried um, conventional doctors, less conventional doctors, and anyone claiming to be a doctor who'll take her money. And she suffered under their care. She spent all she had, she's getting worse. There's every likelihood, I guess, that the Jewish purity laws would have meant that she had to live away from society. This is a desperate, desperate situation. And yet somehow she's heard about Jesus. Because verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped. And she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. I mean, what extraordinary power Jesus has that, that the touch of his cloak is enough to heal this woman from her desperate situation. Verse thirty, at once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who who touched my clothes? she's trembling with fear like it's not immediately obvious to her why does Jesus want to identify me am I, am I in trouble like if she's if she's ritually unclean she's not supposed to be near other people because touching them makes them unclean too what's Jesus going to do is Jesus going to rebuke her is Jesus going to send her away what's, what's he going to do he's he's a, he's a powerful man she's afraid But when she falls at his feet, look how gently Jesus speaks to her. Daughter, how much dignity Jesus gives her with that one word daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Now, what has healed her? there's, there's, There's two answers. On the one hand, Jesus' power has healed her. <laughs> as we've seen, power goes out from him to heal her. But Jesus points to something different. He says, Your faith has healed you. Jesus wants to hold her up as an example of faith. And presumably, he does that for the sake of Jairus, who's there watching. But he also does it for our sake, watching with a few more years' distance. Jesus wants us to know, here is what faith looks like. Faith looks like coming to Jesus when you desperately need help. Faith means trusting that his power is enough to fix our problems. Faith means risking our reputation, staking everything on him. Faith means taking hold of him, and this is the faith that heals. This is the faith that saves. This is the faith that, that makes a difference. Not because there's something magical about that faith, such that when we come to Jesus that way, he, he's bound to accept us. He's bound to answer our prayers. He's bound to do what we ask him. No, faith. faith is not like a means of coaxing blessing out of some kind of divine Scrooge. No, that's not... That's not what faith is. Healing healing is a gift from God. Salvation is a gift from God. He he gives it freely. Our faith doesn't twist his arm, but it's just that God loves it when we come to him like this. He he loves it when all we bring to him is our desperate need and our belief that he can do something about it. And it's just a small point, but, but one of the ways in which in which God wants to lead us into deeper faith is by placing examples of faith around us. It's strike, isn't it, Jesus wants Jairus to see this example of faith. And, and, and one of God's purposes in, in placing Christians in churches is that we might be encouraged as we see examples of faith all around us. I've been struck just in the few months since coming to this church by Different examples of faith, the faith of someone um, coming to Jesus for for healing and for comfort after the death of a family member who was like a father to him. I've been struck by the faith of of someone coming to Jesus for for help um, as his parents battle over assets following a divorce. I was struck by the faith of those who got baptised in the evening a few weeks back, um, each speaking of how they came to Jesus for salvation from their sins. This is a woman who demonstrates faith. And Jesus wants Jairus to see. And he wants Jairus to see because of what happens next. A test to strengthen faith. Verse 35. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, your, your daughter is dead," they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? It's hard to know how those words must have landed for Jairus. Perhaps a feeling of disbelief. No, she can't be. She can't be dead. Perhaps a feeling of, of regret. How could, how could I've missed those final moments of Earth? Those final moments that she spent on this earth, perhaps there's no feelings at all, just a yawning numbness of knowing that he will never hug his daughter again, it's over, it's too late, why bother the teacher? And let's be clear, these are perfectly rational responses to death. I had to go last year reading some literary classics. It doesn't happen often. Um, but I stumbled across um, Tolstoy's Death of Ivan Illich. I don't know if you've read that. Um, if you've not read it, I'd recommend it. You can get a free PDF online. Um, it's an utterly miserable read. Um, so don't, don't come to it if you want something happy. But I think that the title maybe gives that away, The Death of Ivan Illich. It's a miserable read. But it has the honesty of looking death in the face and calling it what it is an enemy, a horrible opponent, an unwanted intruder. Here's a short quote. It can't be. It can't be that life is so senseless and horrible, but if it really has been so horrible and senseless, why must I die and die in agony? There is something wrong. and There is something wrong. Empty platitudes about death just being the the next great adventure are are just that, empty platitudes, trying to make us feel better about something that is horrendous. Death is the end. It's time to give up on healing and go home. But given what we know about Jesus, it's hard to conclude that this couldn't have been avoided. This is a powerful man. He, He calmed the storm, he made the demons flee. He just healed an incurable woman as if by accident on the way. Three times in the Gospels elsewhere, um, John 4, Mark 7, Matthew 8, Jesus can heal at a distance. So he, he, he could have done that. He could have stopped this. Why has Jesus allowed this to happen? Why has he delayed the cure? Well, I take it. This is a test to strengthen Jairus' faith. He came to Jesus because he heard he was a healer. Will he stay with Jesus? Now the moment for healing has passed. Verse 36, overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. Now, I spent, I spent the last few years training to be a Christian minister. We did, a, we did an excellent module in, in kind of Christian pastoral care, pastoral counseling. Um, and let me tell you for free, saying to a grieving person, don't be afraid, just believe, not recommended as a model of pastoral counseling. Please don't try it. Said by anyone else, those would be words of callous insensitivity, complete disregard for the validity of fear in the face of death but this is Jesus and he alone can say it because he alone can fix it and I wonder whether he, he says these words just to momentarily draw Jairus' attention away from the news that he's just heard and back to the saviour who, who he's walking with back to the saviour who's next to him Jairus don't be afraid, just believe I'm here I'm here, you can trust me even with this you can trust me let me lead you into deeper faith and the conclusion that we have to draw, extraordinary though it may seem is this, Jesus values slowly growing Jairus' faith over quickly healing his daughter uh, uh, A deeper faith is more valuable than a quick healing. A a proven faith is a precious faith. Let's be clear Jesus doesn't manufacture this suffering. We know he takes no pleasure in suffering. He he weeps at the grave of Lazarus, but he is our loving shepherd. He, He alone holds the cure, and he can use suffering to strengthen faith. That's certainly how the Apostle Peter thinks of it, later writing these words to suffering Christians. He says this, For a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. A proven faith is a precious faith. And now look, we, we can't always say what God is doing in suffering. And, and, and all of us will go through moments. Moments when God's purposes seem strange. His providence seems bitter. His promises seem hollow. Moments when every fibre of our being wants to ask, Why, Lord? We just don't know what God is doing. Maybe you're there at the moment. This passage doesn't give us all the answers, but it, but it helps us with one thing. We know that a proven faith is a precious faith. And we see in this story, God can use even the deep, deep pain of suffering to produce something precious. Faith. This is a test to strengthen Jairus's faith. Faith. but thankfully our story doesn't end there. and we see a final miracle to vindicate faith, a final miracle to vindicate faith. verse 37 he he didn't let anyone follow him except Peter, James and John the brother of James when they came to the home of the synagogue leader. Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly and he went in and said to them, "why all this commotion and wailing?" The child is not dead and asleep, but they laughed at him. And who wouldn't have laughed? Who does this teacher think he is? Has he not heard the news? Has he not seen the mourners? Does he not think we don't know the difference between death and sleep? Does he not think we didn't try waking her up? How easy it would have been for Jesus, knowing what he's about to do, to invite maximum publicity. You're laughing now. Come and see this. Come and all of you, come, come and, and you at the back, come and see what I'm about to do. But he does the very opposite, doesn't he? He goes on, verse 40 after he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. And he took her by the hand and said to her, Talisakum, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. And immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At This, they were completely astonished. And he gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. They laughed at the impossible, but Jesus does the impossible. What authority this man has. He's demonstrated power over the storm. He's demonstrated power over demons. And here he demonstrates power over death itself. And he demonstrates the, his power in such a kind, such a gentle way. Taking her by the hand, calling her by a, like a pet name, like a little like Talita, little girl, like the sweet one, dear one making sure she gets something to eat. (laughs) He's kind, isn't he, as he he exercises this extraordinary power. And those who saw it were completely astonished, as as well they might be. Who is like our saviour Jesus, wielding awesome power, but dealing so gently with those in need? Who is like him? No one is like him. Remember Jesus' words to Jairus, don't be afraid just believe and at the time that must have seemed like foolishness to Jairus it must have seemed like foolishness to the person who brought the news from the house but how must he be feeling now we don't get a reaction from Jairus but but how, how must he have been feeling laughing not with not with skepticism but with joy bouncing downstairs to find a snack or something for his daughter holding his daughter in his arms once again He's seen a miracle to vindicate faith. It was worth trusting Jesus. Jesus has has gently restored two women in this passage, but he's also gently led Jairus into deeper faith. And how could Jairus not keep trusting Jesus after what he's seen today? And Jesus wants to lead us into deeper faith. He wants us to know we can trust him, even with the most impossible situations. He wants us to know that we can trust him, even faced with death itself. But here's the thing, we don't always see the miracle. We don't always see the miracle. Even in this story, not everyone saw the miracle. He only let Peter, James and John come with him to the house. And when he got to the house, he made sure the only people that were left were the child's father and mother we don't always see the miracle sometimes we pray and we pray and we pray and still the worst happens what do we do with that we know God is good we know he hates suffering and evil where is he why isn't he stopping this this is hard right I know for some here this is not just a theoretical question. What can we take from this passage to encourage us when we don't see the miracle? What will help us not give up on trusting Jesus? Well, I think there are a few things here to encourage us as as we sit in that tension. A few things just just as we close. Firstly, we see here that Jesus has power over death. Before the coming of Jesus, death was the biggest bully in the playground. Unchallenged, undefeated. But today, we have met the only one who is stronger than the bully. We have met the only one who is stronger than death. So much stronger that to him, waking someone up from death isn't any harder than waking someone up from sleep. And indeed, he's so much stronger than death that when death closed its jaws on Jesus, he prized the jaws of death back open and came out the other side. We follow the only person ever who holds power over death when we know that he's not just powerful, that he's good. We've seen his gentleness and his kindness in this passage. And that doesn't change even if the miracle doesn't come. We don't always know why He allows death to close its jaws when it does, but it's some comfort to know that death cannot close its jaws unless our gentle Savior allows it. Because that's the first thing: Jesus has power over death. Secondly, faith brings us through death. Now there are lots of passages in Mark we see Jesus' power to do miracles, but. as I said at the start, I don't think this passage is primarily here in Mark to teach us about Jesus' power to do miracles. If so, it could have been a lot shorter. Jesus, my daughter, has died. Don't worry, I'll sort it out. More than anything in this passage, Jesus wants to lead us into faith. As we've seen, Jesus values Jairus's faith. So why is faith so precious? What's so precious about faith? Well, the answer, faith can bring us through death when it's our turn to die. In this passage, we see a girl die and, and come back to life in this world. To make an obvious point, that's not normal. And, and later on in her life, I take it that she will have died again. And, and, and all of us, one day, will have to face death. Each of us has a, has a countdown clock ticking over our head to the moment of our departure and the seconds are slipping away. And the only thing, the only thing that can make a difference on that day when the clock hits zero is faith in Jesus. Faith in Jesus is the difference between eternity in the delight And the joy of the kingdom of God, or eternity shut outside in the utter darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. So, Jesus wants to help deepen our faith. Mark wants to help deepen our faith. Our God wants to help deepen our faith so that we're ready for that day. Because faith in Jesus can bring us through death, faith in Jesus is precious even if there's no miracle and third little thing third little point of encouragement that we can take from this when there's no miracle faith in Jesus transforms our fears living with suffering there's a whole host of fears that just really naturally crowd in will it be like this forever will I ever feel happy again my face tomorrow. But faith in Jesus can transform our fears because it gives us hope. Because we know what lies the other side of death. We know that with him there is an end to suffering. We know that beyond death There is fullness of life for those who have faith in him. And one day, every single person who has died trusting Jesus will rise. Just as this little girl rose. One day, every single person who has trusted Jesus will be greeted by the face of Jesus. Just as this little girl was greeted by the face of Jesus. And he will take us by the hand. And he will call for something to eat. And it won't just be a snack. It'll be the wedding feast. The great banquet of the lamb. We may not see the miracle in this life. But by faith we will see that miracle. Jesus has power over death. Faith brings us through death and and faith in Jesus transforms our fears. Friends, let Jesus lead you into deeper faith in him. Even if it's deeply painful as he does so. Let him lead you, trust him. It won't always be easy. But in the end, faith in him makes all the difference in the world. Let's turn to him in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you that you don't just tell us to trust you and leave us to get on with it by ourselves. Thank you for how you lead your people into deeper faith. Thank you for how you're committed to leading us into deeper faith in you through passages like this one that's been put in our Bible. Please, Lord Jesus, help us to stick with you. Help us to stick with you even when the path of our lives leads us through the darkest valleys. Help us to stick with you, Lord Jesus, and trust you as you lead us into deeper faith. We pray in your precious name. Amen.